Hmm, can he pause for a sec? Is Brent Spiner just gonna play the bad guy from now on? Welcome to The Spinal Frontier, a podcast where we speculate as to why Star Trek aliens are the way they are. I'm Kelly, she, her. And I'm Aaron, they, them. So this week we're talking about genetic modification, um, specifically in regards to the augments that we see uh, even as early as the original series, but that feature heavily in um, Deep Space Nine and, and Enterprise. Yeah, and, and well, we don't have a word for genetically modified people yet, or at least electively genetically modified people. That's what augments refer to. So I thought I'd talk about what is genetic modification, and then we can talk about how it happens in Trek. Yeah, that's a great idea. So DNA, you can think of DNA as the instruction manual for how our bodies look and work. It's, It's how our bodies know how to make stuff. And changing that manual, so changing the DNA, changes how your body looks and works. And it's not the same thing as natural selection, like how species change over time. That's that's just how reproduction works. Little changes happen when genes combine and recombine. But I'm thinking about um, gene modification as in like very specific techniques to go in and change how the body is expressing its DNA. And that's mainly the goal of what we refer to as gene therapy. So, and that's the current application. That's the only way we're allowed to do it right now. Is there a um, production run of gene therapy or is it is it actually in use? Oh, yeah. So gene therapy has been in play somehow since the 70s. Oh, wow. But there's different ways of doing it. There's ways of um, inserting, like you put healthy cells into the body in a certain place that's affected to try and get it to create healthy cells or you can, so you can inject stuff in, you can pull like blood cells or other kinds of cells out and modify them and grow them and then put them back in. Um, So there's different ways that you can do that. And there's a lot of applications too. So besides like what you might think of like genetic disorders, that would make the most sense. But if you think about cancer, because cancer is just cells that are growing, being told that they need to grow totally out of control. That's actually a kind of a mutation. So mm-hmm. telling cancer to stop growing. Diabetes, so uh, changes in organ dysfunction. And even infections like AIDS. So viruses are really good at inserting DNA into human cells. And so going in with gene therapy and taking those vir- viral DNA back out um, and or inserting it into the viruses to kill the viruses. Um, There's so many different ways you can do these things and I know enough to be dangerous but I'm not a geneticist by any stretch of the imagination so um, I have a link in the show notes to talk about the most recent gene therapy technology and that would be CRISPR. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of CRISPR? I've heard of CRISPR but not outside of theoretical ideas of things we could do in the future. CRISPR is a really precise way of going in and you design it to find a very specific gene and go in and in like do whatever you need to do, stick stuff in, cut stuff out, 
kind of mix stuff around to, I think. Um, but the problem with CRISPR being so precise is that you can really go in and change anything in that way. It's not, it's not just kind of like put cells in and hope it works. It's very, very precise. And so, um, ethically, since we don't know how much we can change about a human based on using CRISPR, the scientific community has agreed we're not going to use CRISPR on people until we figure out the effects of that and kind of the ethical ramifications of that. And that's what they struggle with a lot in Star Trek. Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of episodes about the ethics of genetically modifying people. They have a big social stigma about it because in the Star Trek canon, before World War Three, was a series of wars called the Eugenics Wars. Which, they would be happening right now, wouldn't they? They in Yeah, canon. yeah they, 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 in canon, they started in 1992, I think. Woo-hoo. You know, around the time they started uh, uh, mapping out the human genome it's in real a, life. Almost like something was happening in real life that gave the writers ideas. I guess. And, uh, like, the writers did predict our ability to eventually uh, be able to edit the genome that was being uh, discovered at the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want, I want to walk that back just a little bit because the, uh, the time frame of it happening in 1992 was from the original series, which aired in the 60s. So. Oh, then that was super duper yeah. predictive. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, so the reason why they call them the eugenics wars is, well, the reason why it's eugenics is because um, the term eugenics, if you don't know, is pick, cherry picking certain traits uh, and discriminating against some and... Uh, promoting others and genetically altering humans to all look a certain way or be a certain way uh, or give certain humans certain advantages genetically that they didn't nor- already have. That's really ethically murky, and we can talk about that a l- little bit more. Um, yeah. yeah, because it's it's been tried many times in human history, and the issue of... Well, eugenics has. Eugenics has, and the issue of... Who decides what a desirable trait is has always fallen to some white man. Yeah, fallen to some white man, or yeah. at least some some man in charge that is not really a scientist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So without the grasp of genetic diversity being important, who does? Yeah, who doesn't have great background in that, or who doesn't want to? Who has right. an other agenda that they're pushing? But even if it was a person of science pushing eugenics, I still don't think that it's because we've had plenty of those. Because we we have had plenty of those, and that's there's still bias, and there's still just something yucky about the idea of taking traits and calling them undesirable. Sure. So it's a good thing that they kind of well it, theoretically it's a good thing that they've worked out this uh no no genetically modifying people mm-hmm. situation because there's other ways to modify your abilities ethically talk a little bit more about how it started or maybe some famous augments so i want to start with probably the most famous augment a fellow named khan Noonien singh who, if you watched the most recent season of Picard, mm. there's a little Easter egg at the end where um, 
um, Adam Sung pulls out the file that's labeled Project Con. Right. Um, and he's, yeah, so uh, that's what that's about. He's a character in the original series. and Con! That's from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one of the best original series <laughs> movies. I know that one. Yeah, he's played by Ricardo Montalban, the guy from Fantasy Island. <laughs> so good. It's so good. And he, he crushes it. He's yeah. also played by Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek Into Darkness. So Khan was one of the principal players in the eugenics wars and was a warlord. And at the end of the wars was put into cryosleep and catapulted into space because I guess that was their idea of justice at the time. Well, what was his augment? Like, what did they do? What was done to him that made him better or different or whatever they made him super strong and they made him super smart mm -hmm. um, and it's also pretty heavily implied if not outright stated that the modifications also made him very ruthless mm -hmm. like whatever moral <laughs> gene <laughs> they thought existed in the 60s he didn't have it well and and really every single bad guy brent spiner plays which is all of them <laughs> uh, so in star trek so brent spiner's many many characters in the franchise are are tied in to the augments and that's actually a storyline in enterprise which i'm less familiar with but one of the soongs is involved in some augments that escape from cold storage. I was like, waiting for you to say they escape from cold stone. They escape. They escape from cold stone ice creamery where they had been <laughs> trapped for a hundred years. Forced to sing for tips. <laughs> for, forced <laughs> oh, no. to Conunian sing for tips. <laughs> but they were, you know, genetically modified to have really great singing voices, so they were never going to leave. Right. Um, <laughs> And this swath of destruction that they cut across the um, quadrant after escaping from Coldstone oh, God. Uh, impressed the Klingons so much that the Klingons tried their own augment program based off of the augment genes that they found. Ooh, let's talk about that in a little bit, yeah. but I want to stick with um, the types of augmentations that are made. So we're thinking mostly, mostly it's just like strong and smart. Which, I mean, there isn't necessarily a smart gene. I guess there's, like, cognition time or, like, neuron firing speed, I super guess. Super strong and super good at taking standardized tests. Yeah, I suppose. Or, like, solving puzzles. Whatever. <laughs> I guess we're getting into Stranger Things. We did just binge that he all weekend. He took the Myers-Briggs test and got an A+. It's not intelligence, it's personality that's different. And also it's kind of bunk. Anyway, um so he took an IQ test and it came back one hundred percent. Never mind. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so, so but I think I think we, we have kind of limited, obviously because of the eugenics wars, we have limited examples of individuals who are augmented, but the other one that we'd be remiss to not talk about is our Julian favorite. Bashir. Yes, her favorite augment, Julian Bashir. Why was he augmented? What happened to him? There, There's an episode with Julian's parents where it's discovered that he Bashir is, has been augmented and 
um, the parents kind of explain their reasoning for why they chose to have this done to their child when he was young. And the way they explain it is that he had developmental issues that made um, learning very difficult and he wasn't keeping up with his classmates. They say he was really far behind, but also their characters, as as established in the episode, make them feel like unreliable narrators. Mm. I don't know, when I was looking into it a little bit, it's like, he can't tell the difference between a dog and a cat. Right. Which is pretty... Or I a, mean, a dog and a house. Oh, a dog and a house, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty pretty severe. I guess they, instead of just like, you know, fixing whatever learning disability he had, which, I mean, arguably not a great idea anyway they overcorrected they gave him sort of a competitive edge yeah they they gave him so they made him super smart which as we've established there's no gene for smarts but they also gave him really good reflexes and really good hand-eye coordination but he didn't get the super strength juice that Khan got not all of us can be the hulk right yeah because <laughs> of the federation's outlawing this kind of genetic modification they had to go to a shady dealer basically which probably cost them money which they don't use in the federation but the people that would do this would take it yeah or require you pay them and he has kind of that little group of avengers in that short arc of episodes like oh the, yeah can they because they were the reason they're like kind of given as the example why um, we shouldn't do these augments because they kind of like our augmentations gone wrong. Right. As the res- as the result of not being done in a safe environment with by experts, the genetic modifications done on a lot of these people were incomplete or faulty or the modification, the, the gene they modified also controlled something else that they didn't anticipate. And so they had a group of people that had all been genetically modified, but they had trouble with regulating their emotions or delusions of grandeur or just like kind of just like a whole host of other issues. I actually, I actually quite like these characters. They're different. They're very sympathetic characters they are, though, yeah. for being strange. It is kind of a shame though, that in the seemingly perfect 24th century, that there isn't really they kind of struggled to find figure out what to do with people that are that different or different in that way. I think we should take a second and listen to our wonderful advertisement. And then we let's uh, come back and talk more about things that go wrong when we try and augment genes. Sounds good. Let's talk a little bit more about augments gone wrong. What happens when there's a mistake? Let's talk about the ethical things that surround genetic augmentation so you brought up an example earlier about klingons oh yeah that's right um like i said before the klingons were so impressed by the augments and enterprise and their combat capability and their strength that they instituted their own augment program using genetic samples from the human augments as a starting point Um, they were largely unsuccessful the worst thing that went wrong is I guess somehow one of their test subjects had a flu of some kind mm-hmm. and the genetic it's a, they say the augmented genes combined with the flu to create a plague. When I was doing the research for this episode, 
I came across this bit of information then I remembered it from Enterprise and I went that's silly <laughs> it's it's very hand wavy but yeah. it's not the silliest thing so the silliest thing about this about oh. this plague is that um because it was based off of human augment DNA, it smoothed out all of the victims' foreheads. Oh no! <laughs> Come on. And this is the this was the the uh, Enterprise's ham-handed way of explaining why Klingons in the original series don't have forehead ridges. Oh my god! <laughs> Which? Oh man, I don't like that they did this. I didn't. It That's didn't goofy. need. It didn't need no. an explanation. Just just commit to the retcon. Don't don't or, acknowledge it. Or have it just stay as the funny joke in Deep Space Nine where they travel back in time and yeah. Bashir asks Worf, those are Klingons? And Worf just goes, we don't talk about it. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, so uh, what I do want to talk about is we have a big history of Klingons doing other body modification, like whole body modification surgeries. Oh, yeah. like. I feel like we're past our statute of limitations on Corvoke. One of Disco yeah. is like four years old now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're old. Yeah. It's not um, a spoiler anymore. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about when they're just doing like lasers and clearly they like physically reshaped his bones and yeah. his t- tissue, whatever. There is so much. Let's change your, your flesh mm-hmm. for a little while to go fool aliens on another planet because of hijinks all the time. I assume that that is a genetic modification, a temporary genetic Mm -hmm. modification. In some franchises that are earlier, those don't stick around as long. They don't stick very well. And then in in Enterprise, I think those were expressly like pasted on their foreheads. Yeah, they're like, let's let's glue this on Mm -hmm. to your face. And then like moving farther on down the line, they start to kind of laser your head and then you, Mm -hmm. you... grow a third eye or whatever and then, and then by the time it hits uh uh tng you you have those features until they reverse them that's the hand waviest thing for me because i don't know quite what they're doing there i don't think that they i don't think they ever really accurately explain it do they want to no 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 so it's any it's it's anything from uh really good makeup to uh, cosmetic surgery to gene therapy and it all depends on who's writing the episode sure and that I feel like that can also take us to into the ethics of mm-hmm. these kinds of modifications at all so I think the biggest the number one concern is with editing fetuses like editing human mm-hmm. babies to be a certain to have certain features that aren't really necessary for their survival because um, like I said we're we applications of CRISPR and other gene therapies are meant currently to just uh, address disease yeah, and also like just disability in general. Like there are gene therapies for repairing spinal columns Mm -hmm. and they're trying to work on applications for like cystic fibrosis, like stiffening lungs. You can't breathe. Yeah. There are some people who would really like to pick their child's hair color and or pick to pick their child's uh sex or whatever and or maybe do what Bashir's parents did right and give them like some kind of competitive advantage we'll mm-hmm. call it so just physiological benefits or abilities above and beyond the average human yeah like 
cosmetically, Mm -hmm. we do so much weird stuff cosmetically that I would probably be okay with somebody um, having genes expressed to make their lips bigger or whatever. But consenting adult. A consenting adult. Yeah. And we currently don't have anything like that Mm -hmm. because, you know, the ethics of that, like modifying people's genes, like should we really be working on that when we could be, you know, solving all kinds of actual issues? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I think that this reminds me actually a little bit of an episode of Voyager Mm -hmm. where Bolana's pregnant. Oh, Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's been 75 years since Voyager shut up. it's been <laughs> 75 years since Voyager came home um, oh no so yeah Bolana's pregnant and if we you don't know we literally talked yeah. about her pregnancy in this show before did we, oh, did, the hybrids you are right okay so if you remember from the hybrids episode Bolana is half Klingon and half human and she was raised around humans and mm-hmm. um, largely socialized as a human, but she was also relentlessly bullied because she has four-headed ridges and there's a long, tense history between humans and Klingons mm-hmm. um, because we have not eradicated racism. It's just transposed from different types of humans to different types of aliens. Different types of humanoids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and beyond. Great. Um so the this was so traumatic for her that she tried to get her fetus, the fetus of her baby, genetically modified to not have any visible Klingon characteristics. And that was the the whole episode was about is that okay? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it's not. I think that's something that they were thinking about. I mean did you hear about the case in China that allegedly, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. uh, 2021, I think um, there were twins born to a Chinese mother who allegedly the babies had been altered with CRISPR. Oh, I think I did that? hear about that. Which I am just saying off the top of my head because I don't remember. Well, it's also hard to tell. There's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of details about what he did. I thought they were like clones. Maybe, yeah, maybe they duplicate. Well, it wasn't. They, their genes were altered for okay. sure. It could have been a clone and an because cloning is not cloning is also like kind of off the table in well, a lot of cases for non human or for of, humans. Yeah, I don't think any of the animals we've cloned have lived very long. Mm, yeah, they have. Okay. Yeah, people clone their pets. They they're pretty stable no lives. Way. Mm-hmm. Where have I been? I don't here. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're they're probably not like perfect. They probably age a little bit faster, but mm-hmm. like. They don't necessarily have issues, capital I issues, but it's never been done in, in humans. And allegedly these kids or these babies were um, altered somehow, but we don't know how, uh, or at least I don't know how. But here's the other tricky thing, right, is um, there are certain genetic mutations that cause disability that you can find out before the baby is born and you can genetically modify it so it's not like that there's a lot of lovely wonderful people in the world who have who are not neurotypical but who also Mm. like there are some physical i'm thinking about down syndrome specifically because um there's an extra gene in there that uh extra chromosome Mm -hmm. that uh causes not just neurological problems there's a lot of physical 
physiological problems that shorten can shorten the lifespan, like a lot of heart issues, mm-hmm. a lot of um, that there I, are some health like health, health issues, issues, like actual health issues. It. It's not just the yeah. Way looks. So, but it that's really it's since it's you can't separate that mm-hmm. from different way you're experiencing the world which is so valuable mm-hmm. um well, there's thriving and beautiful communities of people who are neurodivergent or oh, yeah the deaf community right yeah and if you if somebody comes in with the idea of i'm going to eradicate all of these i'm air quoting problems yeah it, it takes away people's whole cultures and whole yeah. lives like yeah, I, I could go on forever because there's a lot of communities in my family and around me that I care about that could be actually eradicated by uh, CRISPR or other gene modifications if we really tried, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I can't imagine the world without those people. And, and even a lot of um, different disabilities and different... Uh, worldviews and neurodivergent views really form Star Trek. Like yeah. we wouldn't have the Trek that we have without deafness, mm-hmm. without blindness, mm-hmm. without autism, without like. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> like it, as well, you should. It's... Yeah, and like this is this is the scientific issue that we mm-hmm. should be getting emotional about. Like this is the the fetal health thing that we mm-hmm. should be concerned with. We don't know what other things that Jane is controlling or Not contributing always. to. So Not always. when I got my ears pierced, I had to sign a waiver that said, I understand as an, as an adult that um, this procedure has risks. risks yeah. And some of those risks were like scary, like necrotizing flesh and <laughs> yeah, like... like losing your ear. <laughs> and that sounds that sounds extreme, but I as an adult had to make the decision that right. I had to do that risk assessment mm-hmm. for myself, but a, a fetus can't do that. And a scared new parent probably shouldn't either. Right. And uh, Julian Bashir couldn't do that, notably in the episode. His parents decided he mm-hmm. didn't. And he just had to compensate the rest of his life. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so like, this is definitely a heavier episode than I probably thought of. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but it's important, right? It's important mm-hmm. to think about um, when we're thinking about genetic combinations. And we've thought about hybrids before and um, natural selection and evolution. Mm-hmm also thinking about how humans have exceeded that or changed that or could change that. There's wonderful, really vital applications of these things, mm-hmm. but those are those should be probably focused on disease only or, you know, cosmetic things in consenting adults, mm-hmm. I think is probably both of our views. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. As Will Riker says, consent is mandatory. Right. Because for, for anything beyond that, like I just don't think culturally we're ready to be able to make those decisions for everyone. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Th- that that's eugenics. Mm-hmm. You meaning same, genes meaning genes. Like we genetic diversity is a requirement, huh. as is consent. I didn't know the etymology, but there we go. There you go. Yeah. All right. I think we should probably stop now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> episode's getting pretty long, so if you've stuck with us through the whole thing, 
Thank you so much. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast listening app. And please share with a friend so other people can find us. If you didn't like it, perhaps listening to a different topic will augment your opinion. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. All the ways to contact us are in our show notes. Okay, honey, you can press play.